And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, August the 19th, 2022, in the year of our Lord. On August 19, 1960, a tribunal in Moscow convicted American U-2 pilot Gary Francis Gary Power of espionage. He was sentenced to 10 years imprisonment, but he was returned to the United States in 1962 as part of a prisoner exchange. Today in A.D. 14, Caesar Augustus, Rome's first emperor, died at age 76 after a reign lasting 40 years. He was succeeded by his stepson, Tiberius. Today in 1812, the U.S. Constitution defeated a British frigate off Nova Scotia during the War of 1812, earning the nickname Old Ironsides. Today, in 1814, during the War of 1812, British forces landed at Benedict, Maryland, with the objective of capturing Washington, D.C. Today, in 1848, the New York Herald reported the discovery of gold in California. The California gold rush began immediately. Today, in 1934, a plebiscite in Germany approved the vesting of sole executive power in a man named Adolf Hitler. Today in 2010, the last American combat brigade exited Iraq seven years and five months after the U.S. had led the invasion into the country. Today in 2020, Kamala Harris accepted the Democratic nomination for vice president. And today in 2020, Apple, Apple Corporation, became the first U.S. company to boast a market value of $2 trillion just two years earlier after becoming the first U.S. company with a $1 trillion market value. I'm not sure how much money that would look like, but it's a lot. It's a whole lot. Thanks for joining me this morning. I always look forward to our time together to talk about the things that are important in our culture. I noticed that NBC has a featured article that today. It's their featured article. It begins with this. A religious school in Florida says it will refer to students only by their biological sex. You know where this is going, right? They say they only re, uh, refer to them by their biological sex, while students who are gay, transgender, or gender nonconforming will be asked to leave the school <laughs> immediately. NBC picked up on that, of course, and they are saying they had a, they obtained an email from Grace Christian School in Valrico, which is about 20 miles east of Tampa in Florida. The email was sent before the beginning of the school year by the, an administrator named Barry McKean. The subject line of the email reads, this is NBC, it reads, Important School Policy Point of Emphasis, Please Read. Correspondence to parents cited scripture, NBC points that out because I guess that somehow taints everything else they say if they're quoting scripture. But anyway, they said that the students will be referred to by the gender on their birth certificates during the school year beginning this month. While the email refers to biological gender, the National Institute of Health defines gender, NBC says, as a social construct as opposed to sex, which is the biological difference between females and and males. Remember when the the LGBTQ activists and all the highly funded organizations like like um, 
the campaign HRC and all that. Um, remember when they started kind of mixing it up and say, well, you know, is it gender? Is it is it biological sex and so on? And then out of that confusion, they I they gave America the answers to the questions they had created. And that's what leads us to these kinds of conversations. NBC, with a straight face now, is acting like this stuff is all real. And it isn't real. It's just been made up on the go to advance an agenda. I, I'm not kidding. That is what has happened. And it's what's happening on a lot of fronts. They'll take words that mean one thing. They'll create it kind of a kind of a aura of confusion. And then out of that confusion, they will say, well, let me help you understand. And they'll redefine the meaning of various things. In this case, it is the sex or the gender of a person at birth. It's an amazing thing. The school says, <laughs> the school says, we believe that God created mankind in his image, male, man, female, woman, and sexually different, but with equal dignity. Therefore, one's biology, uh, biological sex must be affirmed, and no attempt should be made to physically change, alter, or disagree with one's biological gender, including but not limited to elective sex reassignment, transvestite, transgender, non-binary, gender, fluid acts of con uh, conduct, and they quote Genesis chapter 1, verses 26, 27, and 28, rightly so. Students in school will be referred to by their gender on their birth certificate and be referenced in name in the same fashion. The memo continues from this Christian school. We believe that any form of homosexuality, lesbianism, bisexuality, transgenderism, identity, lifestyle, self-identification, bestiality, incest, fornication, adultery, and pornography are sinful in the sight of God and the church. And they quote a lot of scripture there. That would probably really rile up NBC. They quote from Genesis, Leviticus, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians twice, and then 1 Thessalonians. They say students who are found participating in these lifestyles will be asked to leave the school immediately. <laughs> the policy is not new. I looked into this just this morning. This just came out this morning. I looked into it a few minutes ago, and it's not new. They've had this policy for quite some time, but they are making the point. They are underscoring it. It must be understood, they say, and accepted completely. And it says, the, the memo from the school says, parents will have to agree to all policies and procedures before your student may start school in August, in just a few days. The email was sent out a, a, a little while ago. I learned of it this morning. NBC is all over it today. The email was a factor in prompting a family of a 16-year-old girl, NBC says. They immediately go. They tell you what happened. Then they go to the people whom this is hurting, the beliefs of the school. Um, the email was a factor in prompting the family of a 16-year-old girl who is gay and was a student at the school to transfer to another religious school that is more accepting. It's not like my daughter goes around wearing rainbow flags or anything like that, the teenager's mother said, but I'm not going to have her feel ashamed of herself for any reason. The woman and her doctor and her daughter asked that their identities be withheld out of fear of harassment. The teen said she felt like a social outcast at Grace Christian because she's a lesbian. 
but that her new Christian school allows her to just be myself. She said at the new school, I feel normal. That's what this is all about. It's normalizing those things that are not normal, that God does not see as normal. Normal was created by God, not changing cultures. It wasn't created, normal wasn't created by the Roman Empire or the Greek Empire or whatever, or the U.S. Normal, when it comes to human sexuality and Christian virtues, which I'll get to in a moment, that is created by God. And that's why relativism is so destructive. And progressivism, so-called progressivism, is so destructive because there are no fixed values. There are no fixed um, rules to live by. A male is not a male. A female? No, they're not a female. I'm not a female. I'm whatever name they make up. I mean, the list just keeps growing and growing. I'm queer. I'm plus. I'm whatever. These people need help. And true compassion will help these people. But they do not need affirmation. They do not need the, the, the calling of a Christian school, a truly Christian school, is to stand up for righteousness and tell these people that God loves them. And he died for their sins. But it is a sin. And there are many sins. And this school goes, I don't have any connection to this school, but this school goes to great length to enumerate the sins that they're talking about. They're not identifying homosexuality and all of its derivatives as one sin that's like the only sin. They're putting it in context, biblical context. They're doing exactly what they should be doing. But they're standing for their beliefs. And again, I don't know this school. I don't know anything about them other than what I've read this morning. But I will tell you that what I see here and what NBC is using as a bludgeoning tool, I think is a badge of honor. There may be things I don't know about this school that would change my attitude, but that's what I see this morning in this article. And NBC's got it out there. It's all over the Internet. It'll be in their news today. She said, I feel normal at the other Christian school. And that's kind of where we are in this nation and in the world. Who are we as Christians and what do we believe? Is our goal to somehow satisfy some predetermined definition of compassion when it isn't really biblical compassion is our goal to make everybody in their sin whatever that sin happens to be to feel comfortable feel accepted feel normal that isn't what Jesus taught it isn't what Jesus died for this other woman says, one of my friends, tells NBC, one of my friends who is closeted says she gets very hurt by it and she gets very scared. She has a very bad anxiety about her homosexuality or lesbianism. Well, they need a savior. We all need a savior. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Our sins may be different, but we need, but the gay community have carved out themselves and said, oh, no, no, we're, we want to love the Lord, we want to serve the Lord, but this isn't sin. This is who I am. This is my identity. All the other stuff is sin. That's okay, but not this. 
How do you square that with the gospel of Jesus Christ? You can't. You can't square it with that. That's the problem. That's the problem, the moral problem that we have in, in our country and in the world today. We go through the Bible. I mean, honestly, we open the leather-bound Bible and we start reading it. We say, oh, man, this, no, this can't be. So we rip out that page and we get rid of it. We say, I'm a Christian. I'm a biblical Christian. You know, rip, throw the thing in the fire, rip it out, throw it in the fire. Nope. This, well, here's one. Have ye compassion. We underscore that. They build an organization around. Have ye compassion. Have ye love. Love wins. On and on it goes. It is a, a, a path to destruction that is painted as though it's something normal and something to be celebrated, actually. And here's NBC out there doing their job today. They're celebrating. This guy named Josh Bell. I don't know if he's related to Rob Bell or not. I mean, he could be. I don't know. But Josh Bell, he's an executive director of the One Orlando Alliance in Florida. It's an LGBTQ nonprofit in Central Florida. I guess it looks like it's a pretty big organization. He says he was brought up in the conservative United Methodist Church. These very things that we're talking about at the moment have torn apart the United Methodist Church. They're splitting now. The churches that believe in biblical Marriage and biblical sexuality are going one direction and the others are going the other. I mean, it's been a horrendous thing that's happening to the United Methodist Church, very sadly so. So he said he was brought up in a conservative United Methodist Church and was taught that homosexuality is wrong. Bell, who is gay, said a school policy such as the one at Grace Christian School will lead to emotional trauma and could possibly lead to physical harm for some LGBTQ students. Do they have no clue how much homosexuality is harming children today with puberty blockers and all kinds of, of surgeries going on and medications and indoctrination and mental torture and child abuse? They have no clue how much this is hurting the children. But they're blaming it on people who disagree. With all of this is taking place today in our culture. Bell says we know from data, from surveys, from a long track record of LGBTQ youth that policies like this Christian school are inherently harmful. There is a legion of medical reports that show homosexuality and its derivatives are very harmful. And some of these cockamamie treaties, uh, treatments that these people are coming up with, particularly like Boston University and others, they are destructive to the core. We are misleading ourselves. We are killing ourselves by celebrating what should not be celebrated, but should be healed and forgiven and restored. People can be changed. People can be helped. But conforming to the world and celebrating the sin does not heal anyone. It undermines the gospel of Jesus Christ and the authenticity of the, of the Bible. Bell said students who receive these messages are more likely to experience depression, to experience suicidal uh, ideology, to socially withdraw, to become vulnerable. 
And he goes on and on. It'll harm their coping mechanisms. It's not just authority figures, he says. It's folks who have religious authority in their lives. When someone has religious authority, there is an added layer of severity of any teaching of any form of exclusion. Because it's not just saying, I, as a leader, exclude you based on your identity. It's saying that God, the God that you believe in, is excluding you based on your identity. And it goes on and on and on. So you can see where this thing is going. And, and I, NBC, of course, jumped all over it. I mean, that's the kind of stuff they like to write about. They want you to hear about. They want to twist it and use scripture and some kind of moral authority to mislead people and to confirm what ought not to be confirmed. Do these folks, these kids, need help? Absolutely. Does this college have the right, this Christian school have the right to take a stand for what they believe? Absolutely. That's the world we live in, and that's what's going on. We take the, we take words, we twist them, we take scriptures, we twist them, and we come out with a, a predetermined outcome so that we can go on living our lives the way we want to. I'm not talking only about LGBTQ people, but they are sort of the banner carriers of this whole relativism. But we as a, as a culture, we take these things and we redesign them. These are eternal truths. Human sexuality is what it is. It is what God created it to be, and they cannot change that. But they change the meaning, and they go on living just as though it is now honorable. When God says, please don't do that, it's destructive. And my son will die on the cross for those sins. And if you'll accept him, you will be delivered and healed and restored in true love and true compassion. But we take love and compassion and other virtues and we make them into a tool so that we can go on living as we like, assuming really the role of God. And we can feel good about ourselves. And it forces others to praise and celebrate our lifestyle as well. Really, it's sad. That's why we do what we do here every weekday morning live. We originate. I want to thank you for your support. We, we couldn't do this without you. And there are those that wish we didn't do it and hope we don't. But I want to thank all of you who support us. Very important. It's vital. I feel things tightening. I feel things, I, there's things that are about to happen. I don't know exactly what it is, but I have a sense in my spirit, I think many of you do as well, that we're living on the precipice. There are things that are about to blow up in our culture. We can't go on like this. Abraham Lincoln recognized it in his day, in his culture. He gave that speech about the... Uh, about the divided house drawing on the teaching of Jesus. He said, "We America can't go on like this. It's going to become one or the other in regards to slavery. I think many of us today feel the same way about our times. It simply can't go on like this. And it's going to become all of one or all of the other pretty much. One or the other philosophy in this nation will ultimately prevail. 
And I pray to God that it is the theology that the founders recognized, biblical theology that the founders recognized as the only rock upon which they could build a successful nation. And that would be true today. There's a majority of Americans that are saying this morning in this newly published poll that President Joe Biden is allowing a southern border invasion. This poll, interestingly enough, was commissioned by the left of center, I would say quite leftist, National Public Radio, NPR. They were hoping for a different outcome. In fact, one of the guys at NPR admitted that. They said, wow, we didn't, we didn't expect this outcome. But anyway, they did this poll about the southern border and about the word invasions. Talking about words, we're talking about invasion now. And um, 54% of Americans say that they agree that it is an invasion on our southern border. That majority includes 76% of Republicans, 46% of independents, and even 40% of Democrats say it is an invasion. It's not just migrants crossing the border. It's an invasion. This Joel Rose, he's really a pro-open borders, really. I, I read some of the stuff he writes. He's a journalist with NPR. He uh, is lamenting this. I mean, he was really sad that, that the results of this became public, I would imagine. He didn't like the results of the poll that they took, they commissioned. And he's lamenting it, and he's saying the mainstream public judgment revealed on this survey, he said, man, he said, Republican leaders are increasingly framing this situation as an invasion. He said, immigrant advocates say the word has a long history in white nationalist circles and warn that such extreme rhetoric could provoke more violence against immigrants. And so we're not supposed to use the word invasion, and yet 54% of voters in America say they see it as an invasion, 76% of Republicans, 46% of independents, and 40% of Democrats. I thought it was interesting that while I was seeing this in the news, I was also seeing that Elon Musk, he's said to be the richest man in the world, he, uh, he was telling Republicans, he was invited to a donor summit for Republicans in, uh, I think it was in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. It was in Jackson Hole. It was either yesterday or the day before. And anyway, he was telling the donor, the guy, McCarthy and other leaders in the Democratic Party were there. And he was telling them that the Republicans need to be more compassionate about immigration. It was called a donor summit. Apparently, he donates a lot of money to Republicans, or he, they think he's going to. He's been a Democrat supporter in the past, but he has changed some of his views, as, as others are, I believe, as well. But anyway, there's a, this continued drumbeat of changing words and the meaning of words. And now we come to the word compassion. New York City officials are doing, I mean, they are starting to fill hotels with illegal aliens, people coming across the border, migrants, call them what you will. But the officials are hoping to provide a total of nearly 6,000 luxury hotel rooms in downtown New York, in Manhattan, for illegal border crossers arriving, some of them, many of them, in buses from Texas. 
even as the rents for city residents skyrocket to unsustainable prices in New York and elsewhere. An honest look at that tells you this is not compassion. But that's what they're calling. They're calling for. The Post says, the New York Post says, the luxury Manhattan hotel once touted as the lullaby of Broadway will soon be providing Betty Buy to hundreds of asylum-seeking migrants in New York City. The mayor is all in. The hotel has changed its name recently. A new ownership is called Row NYC. It was formerly known as the Milford Plaza. It's right downtown, right in the Times Square area there. I mean, I've seen, I've never stayed there, but I've been down there several times over our lifetime. We, Marjorie and I have been in New York and so on. But um, it was called the Milford Plaza, but it's a really nice place. It's not the, the high, highest end place in New York, but it's, it's you know, it's a nice hotel. I, I mean, it's very nice. And uh, people are having different mixed reaction to this, of course. And But one guy, David Carpenter, he was there and, and the press asked him, you know, what do you think about this? Moving, filling these hotels with, you know, basically illegal migrants. Well, Carpenter said, he's from Tennessee. He said, I wouldn't come back to this hotel if there were migrants staying here. Then he said this, he said, quote, if they secured the border like they should, the migrants wouldn't be here in the first place. That's the whole issue on this matter. Secular progressives claim that compassion drives their policies on immigration and border security, but that's simply not true. While tens of thousands are pouring across our borders daily, the drug cartels are living their dream. They're exploiting, abusing, killing, raping, stealing from these people without any restraint from any authorities, either side of the border. Fentanyl seized nationwide tripled in July to 203% compared to the month of June, according to the U.S. Customs and Border Protection. More tangibly, law enforcement seized 2,071 pounds of fentanyl last month coming across our border compared to 680 pounds in June. July's amount just July's amount of, of fentanyl, which was which was captured by our border authorities, that much is equivalent to 469 million lethal doses. That's more people than we have in America. It could kill everybody in America and have a lot left over for Canada or wherever. I mean, it's horrible. And they're calling it compassion. And they're calling for more of this under the guise of of compassion. We live in a mixed up world. Senator Marsha Blackburn said Biden's filling up record books for all the wrong reasons. We're seeing more fentanyl trafficking and more illegal immigrants cross our border under his leadership than ever before. She said that con- should concern every American, and it should. And that concern should be taken to the voters' booth. We should remember on Election Day. I'm out of time, but thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for being with me, and thank you for your support. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday.